The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you are here with the Makers of Minnesota podcast. You can find us where you find all of your great podcasts, whether it's Podcast One, whether it's Stitcher, whether it's Apple or iTunes. And every week we talk with entrepreneurs and people that are making things in the state of Minnesota. I just was so impressed with all of the great makers that I was meeting along the way in my own small business life. And I said, hey, I want to talk to these people. I want to figure out how it is they do this, what kind of assets they put into it, what kind of resources, and how it is that we have such an amazing climate of makers. So if you are listening to the podcast and you like the stories that you're hearing, please share that or you can give a rating as well at Podcast One or at iTunes. That helps other people hear the podcast and become more familiar with them. When I post something, you can share it on your Facebook page. Anything you can do to help spread the word helps get the word out about these great entrepreneurs that we're talking to every week. We are on episode, did I say, we are on episode 27. Um, So that is pretty exciting. I, when I first started this, was like, oh, I wonder how I'm going to find people to talk to. And I can't stop finding people to talk to. If you are listening to the podcast and you have someone in your family that you think I should talk to, or your boss, or you know someone, feel free to send me an email anytime with suggestions. S. Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N at HBI.com is where you can reach me. Or of course, you can reach me on the Makers of Minnesota Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram pages. I'm always looking for new show ideas. And for whatever reason, men do not reach out to me. So if you have a man in your life that's a that's made something cool or he's got some service that he does or some technology idea. Uh, I'd love to talk with people in the healthcare industry. Feel free to reach out. Uh, This week I am here with Laura Ochoco and she is the founder of a company called The Bath Bird. Hi, Laura. Hi, Steph. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you for being on the show today. Um, I have to just start out by saying you might be in what I feel like is one of the most competitive industries ever, you are making bath and body products. How on earth did you decide to get into that business? What were you doing before? Well, I actually worked for an insurance company before. So Okay, so a real jump off, the, <laughs> jump off the dock. Yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, I'd had experience in HR and payroll. I worked for a school district for a while, and then I worked for an insurance company, and uh, and then just decided that my needs weren't really being met, and then I wanted to try something new and different and something that I could use my creative skills a little bit yep. more. And um, it so happened, like, I had made body scrubs as gifts for my friends a few times, and that had gone over pretty well. And, and so um, a friend of mine had been buying bath bombs from another company, and they went out of business. And so she said to me, oh, I, I, I'm really bummed I can't get these bath bombs anymore. And I said, Psh. Bath bombs are easy to make. I can make bath bombs for you. And so I started making bath bombs for her and found out that they're really complicated to make. And the humidity's got to be perfect. And So let's back up. A bath yeah. bomb can either be one of those like softball size ones or I guess baseball is probably more accurate. Or it can be like a half 
ping pong ball sphere, right? Yeah. I mean, usually you see them as a total sphere, like about a tennis ball or baseball size. Okay. Yep. yep. So um, I think that some people make half spheres, and those are like for shower tabs. Kind okay. Of. So um, I usually don't see bath bombs in the half sphere, but like a shower tab you might see. So... First of all, let's just back up one second. <laughs> sure. What? So you're working at this insurance company and you're kind of a creative artsy fartsy person. Are you like, I can make cookies. I'm like, I'm doing all kinds of crafts at home. And so you're going to make these bath scrubs for your coworkers. How did you figure out how to make a bath scrub? Well, uh, scrubs are really um, pretty simple. I mean, like you just have an exfoliant and yep. then you have an oil. And yeah, I mean, I am kind of a figure it out kind of person and like, there's got to be a way to do it. Was and this in the days of Pinterest or even before Pinterest? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely in the days of Pinterest. Okay, so, so like, you're like, yeah, a, I can do this. There's a million recipes on Pinterest that you can do that with. And so I really started with something super basic. I mean, I think that my very first body scrub, I think I used salt and um, like a fine salt. And then um, I think I used coconut oil and some other really inexpensive oil. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I just, it, like, I mean, it was fine. It got the job done. But then once I started my business, I really started looking into different fatty acid profiles of different oils and what they could actually bring to the skin. I felt that salt was really harsh on the skin, mm-hmm. so I switched to fine cane sugar instead um, and, like, really perfected that recipe to be something that feels great on the skin. I you actually provided me with some products and the grapefruit body scrub was phenomenal and I, and I loved I didn't know it was sugar uh which makes sense it was the right oil consistency too what oil do you use in that I use a combination of oils so I have um it, the main oil is soybean oil and then there's rice bran oil apricot kernel oil um, a little bit of vitamin E is in there, too. Um, so, yeah. So it's just like I, you know, I, I really looked at the composite of each of the oils to try and figure out, like, what what fatty acids are in there. There's some essential fatty acids that the body doesn't produce itself. And so it can really be, it's a good middle-of-the-road scrub. It's good for skin that's really dry. It's good for aging skin, mm-hmm. you know. So, and it doesn't, it's not super heavy. It doesn't leave your tub super greasy. Yeah. You know, it soaks into your skin quickly. So those are all attributes that I really wanted in a perfect scrub. So you do the scrub and someone says, make this bath bomb. And you said bath bombs are hard to make. Like, how do you do it? Um, So really the difficult part of it is that you need to have, like, the humidity's got to be just right. Okay. Um, And then there's a lot of just every time you add an ingredient, there's a different variable. So the essential mix of a bath bomb is just baking soda and citric acid. I mean, okay. really, that's all you need. So you can do baking soda, citric acid, some type of oil to hold it together, and then whatever fragrance or essential oil that you want to use to make it smell good. And that's the basis of it. Um, and then when I was working on mine, I just I, I decided, well, I wanted to make, sh- make sure the bath water is nice and soft, so I added a little bit of cornstarch to my recipe. Yep. Um, instead of a soft oil, I use mango butter in all my bath bombs. So it's really nourishing for the skin. Um, mango butter is pretty low on the allergenic scale, so not a lot of people are allergic to mango yep. butter. Um, is it just, what is mango butter? Is it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really derived from mango seeds. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So you now are making bath bombs, and I'm sure you're still working at the insurance company. Yep. 
At what point were you like, okay, this is a business? And was it always called the Bath Bird? Yeah. So it, it, it became a business probably sooner than it should have. Um, I had been doing it on the side for about six to nine months or so. And when I got to a point at my job where I sort of felt like, well, it was either move up in the company or leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, the positions that I could move up to didn't really interest me. And so I thought, well, I can cross my fingers and try and make this work and invest myself full time into this and see what happens. And so that's what I did. And then I, I picked a company name at that point. Okay. So tell me, literally, do you remember the day you made that decision? And I'm assuming you mentioned that you're married. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me the day you made that decision and you came home and you told your husband, guess what? I'm quitting my job and I'm going to do bath products. What that felt like? Um really scary uh, is what it felt like. But I, I remember the day that I registered my business with the state. And it was um, actually one of my friend's birthdays. So my company shares a, the same birthday as one sure. of my friends. And so I, I remember I emailed my group of friends and I was like, I started a company today. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, you know, and it's called the Bath Bird. And, you know, and so that was that was how I did it. And, you know, my husband knew I'd been thinking about it. So it wasn't like I just turned off the light. <laughs> but you literally yeah. cut your household income in half. Yep. And I'm assuming, did you have a website? Was that how you sold your products at first? Or did you go to trade shows? What, how did you start laying the groundwork? So yeah, I, I started with my own website, Shopify. Um, Is that a good platform? A lot of small producers use that. Does That works for you? Yeah, I really like it a lot. Um, it's, it's not super expensive. I mean, you can make it more expensive if you buy a more expensive package. Yep. They have lots of apps that you can customize your website with, so I appreciate that. Um, and even though I, I worked in a semi-technical field at the insurance company, yep. like, and I feel like I'm pretty good technologically, you wouldn't need a lot of tech background to learn how to make a site with Okay. You know, so it's it was easy to put together and it was fast. And does it do the back end too, like process your PayPal payments and, yes. you know, put a tax statement together for you to submit and the like the tax statements it doesn't do, but um like I can pull out reports through with Excel files yeah. to give me all the information that I need. Okay. So yeah, so it's it does. It processes all my payments for me and um it I have different sales channels, so I sell through my Shopify channel directly on Facebook, directly on Pinterest. Um, they just started a new Messenger, Facebook Messenger mm-hmm. channel. So I've used that a little bit too. And that's really great because you can talk to your customers immediately. So how much did it cost to you? Like you quit your job. Was it a $10,000 investment, more than that to get started? It, it was less than that for me. Um, we had a fair amount in savings mm-hmm. and um my mother actually hates my car, <laughs> so she gave me $5,000 to buy a new car or to go toward a new car, and I put it toward the business instead. Oh, no. So, Do you have, like, some kind of clunker that she's worried is going to crap out no, on you? No, it's a great car. I have a Honda Fit, and I love my Honda Fit, and my mom was like, it, she, she just felt like it was not- Too small yeah, and not you know, safe, yeah, and not, that's hilarious. Not safe. She just thought it was going to be just a tin can on the road, so- yeah, so she was like, I really think you should buy a, a, a nicer car. And so, and, and I was like, okay. And then I, I came home and I was like, you need to get another car. You know, my husband's like, no, we don't need another car. 
<laughs> we're fine. Was she mad that you sent the five thousand no, dollars? No, she was like, she's like, I'd like you to get a new car, but the money is yours to do whatever you want. Oh, and, and she so, must be so proud of you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. Businesswoman starting her own business. <laughs> so you immediately started selling on Facebook and Pinterest and on your website. Did, so you didn't go to like farmers markets or trade shows or that kind of thing. I didn't. Um, I I also started an Etsy shop, and my Etsy shop. Um, has actually been the quieter of the two, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, no, I didn't do any trade shows until last fall, like probably right at the end of the summer, I started doing markets and stuff. Um, at the beginning, I sort of thought I didn't want to do them at all because um, a lot of times with farmer's markets, you have to commit to an entire season. Yep. And I, I was like, I can't commit to a whole season, you know? And then I found um, some really great little maker markets Um Minneapolis Craft Markets does a great maker's market. She's pretty amazing. She is. I need yeah, to get her yeah. on one of my podcasts. Yeah, Haley is wonderful. And um, and she she runs really great shows that are well organized. She cares about all the makers. Mm-hmm. And um, so it made a huge difference once I hooked up with her. And I was like, oh, I can totally do this. So then I, I did about one to two markets with her throughout the fall. And then I really picked up at the end of the year last year. I did Made in Minnesota. Um, yep. I did a couple other. And that's Tracy Dyer with Urban Junket. She started that. She was one of the original folks I interviewed. I think she was like yep. my second guest. Yeah. Yep. Um, and has the trade show been a good opportunity for you? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It gives me a whole different perspective because having my products right in front of somebody is totally different than them reading the description online. And you can explain it and show them and do some show and tell, I'm yep, assuming. exactly. Yeah. So I- I'm... I'm from a background where I feel like a bath bomb is totally normal. Like, I, I know what to do with a bath bomb. If I see one in a store, I, I know how to use it. And there's a ton of people that come to my booth, and they're like, what's a bath bomb? You know, I have no idea what this is. And I'm like, oh, you just drop it in the water, and it fizzes away. And, um, like, with huge companies like Lush, and there used to be one in the Mall of America called Basin. They did bath bombs, too. Yeah, I'm always surprised that people don't know what a bath bomb is. Yeah, I didn't. I think the first time I saw them was at Lush in the Mall of America. And I was like, what are these giant things? Mm -hmm. So you've got scrubs, you've got bath bombs. Do you also do lotions and other kinds of oils? Yeah, so I do a a body and bath oil, Mm -hmm. um, which I love to use right out of the shower. So it's like a really nice lightweight moisturizer. In the winter, I do a whipped body butter. And so I only make it in the fall, in the winter months, because it's, too warm the right. rest of the year to make it and it won't just it just won't hold up but it's cocoa butter mango butter and shea butter all whipped together um and it's great for like really dry winter skin like i love it on my knuckles that they, they get really dry in the winter so yep. that's like my most intense moisturizer can i just ask the dumbest question yeah like i just have this idea that you're in your kitchen with your like KitchenAid blender is that you, how this works you've got it spot on i when, I, literally I mean you have, literally yep. whip it up yep You've got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've got a bright orange KitchenAid blender <laughs> and I, yeah, and, and it's, I've got the the big bowl and yeah, and then you just whip it and you whip the butters until they become light and fluffy and they look like whipped cream. Yep. So yeah. And then, and then put them in a jar yep. and there you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. It must be, this is totally like weird inside baseball, but it must be hard to then clean it. No, it's, it really isn't um, because, uh, like, basically I just wipe it out with paper towels and then to get all the extra out of the bowl. Yep. And then, yeah, no, Dawn dish soap. Okay. Yeah, it's, all right. it's totally fine. Yeah. So you're at home and about, okay, so if, if how much do you spend 100, not 100% of your time, but 
So this is your full-time business of an eight-hour day about what percentage is making products versus marketing products, selling products, managing the back end of the business. It kind of goes in waves. So I might not be making products every day. Um, just depends on how much I have in stock mm-hmm. and how many orders are coming in. So um, I would say in a typical week, I'm probably making products for four hours a day for two or three of those days. Do you ever just get completely sick of it? Yeah. Okay. Because it's like probably the fun part maybe has sailed and now it's like, okay, it's your business and you got to make cookies every day. Right. Exactly. I mean, like there are still really fun parts. Like I love looking into new fragrances and trying to figure out like new formulas for soap and that kind of thing. So um, I, I enjoy that aspect a lot. And, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, I've got to make, you know, 40 bath bombs today, <laughs> you yeah. know, to, to keep up or whatever. And so, um, yeah, so it, it does kind of, it can be a grind. Yeah. So sure. like we interviewed Salsa Lisa and there was a point where she went kind of from farmer's market to commercial kitchen to bigger production line. Is that the next step for you that you would hire someone to make these products for you or that you would get a bigger facility yeah, I, I feel like, you know, if I was going to expand, I think that a studio, like having a dedicated studio would be my next step. Yep. So you maybe know? like a artist studio or something yeah. where you could have more of your equipment. And... Yep, exactly. Yeah. Because right now I'm really spread out. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate in, that I have a large house with like lots of storage. So I've got some stuff in the basement. I've got some stuff up in my office and I, I'm always making stuff in the kitchen. Yep. So I'm like up and down the stairs all the time, you know, but um yeah, so a dedicated studio space where somebody could come in and help me, I think that that would be really great. But I'm definitely hesitant to let go entirely of the making process. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not ready for that yet. Um, and I'm not sure if I am ever going to be able to relinquish that kind of control and just let, like, somebody completely take over or sell my recipe to have a co-packer do it sure. for me. Can you live on the money that you make from doing this? On my own? Right now? No. Okay. So is that a is that something that is a goal or is it not a goal and you're doing this because you love it and your husband can support you guys and that's fine too? Like I'm trying to figure out how does this hobby and this passion go to a business or is that not the goal and it's more about fulfillment and self enjoyment? Yeah, I I would definitely love to be able to make a full time living on it. Like that's for sure my goal and do you have capacity so if yeah. the orders keep coming you can make it happen yep yep, yep. definitely so uh, yeah i and i really feel like that that is something that is manageable um so yeah it's definitely it's more than a hobby for me um and i want to have it be a full-time business yeah. and so uh i'm doing more wholesaling this year so last year i started off um i i have had one arrangement with one store yep. and this year i've got Three stores now that carry my stuff. Well, four actually counting the St. Kate's bookstore carries my stuff. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, so four stores carry my stuff. And then <coughs> I'm wanting to, exp- like, my goal is to get to 10 wholesale accounts by the end of the year. And I think that I'm well on my way. So so do I'm you, nice. so you call, let's just say, St. Kate's bookstore. What mm-hmm. other stores are you in? So I'm also in Upsy Daisy in White okay. Bear Lake. So that's a super cute little store. Scout Vintage Collective in Golden sure. Valley. And I love those ladies over there. Uh, Doodle Bird Design and Gifts, just yep. very carrying my stuff. And that's um, on Excelsior, right? Um, nope. It's just right across the street from um, the baker's wife. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And then, um, yeah, Doodlebird Designing Gifts and St. Kate's Persuasion. So do you just call the store proprietor and say, hi, I'm Laura. Can I send you these products to try? Yeah. I mean, actually, in in all of the situations except for the St. Kate's Bookstore. Were you an they, alumni? Is that? Yes, okay. exactly. Yep, I'm an alum. So Good for I, them. I, I, wrote, I reached out to them, but everybody else actually came to me first. So... Um, Upsy Daisy found me through Etsy, and so they contacted me that way. And then I did a, a like a market at Scout Vintage Collective last yep. summer, and met the ladies there, and they're so wonderful. Okay, Laura, I'm going to encourage you to like spend a day and get this wrapped up. I they're know. calling you. <laughs> My gosh, you're so lucky. I know I am super lucky. Yeah, so I've got um, several on my list of other places to contact. Is there a business that you admire that's like a Twin Cities business where you're like, wow, I, I want to be like that person. They really seem like they're doing it well. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's inspirational business owners all over the place. Uh, Hagen and Oates, like I, those ladies, like I'm totally always in awe of what they can accomplish. So I don't even know what they do. Who they, are they? They do woodworking. Oh, and, okay. Um, really beautiful pieces. All so, right. Yeah. And they're just really fun and good they're sisters that started it cool so yeah so i definitely um feel like oh yeah i, w- I would love to be like higgin and Oates. um yeah excelsior candle company uh-huh. um she's another one of my friends and i she's doing a fabulous job and working her tail off she's in kowalski's now and so definitely like there's a lot of people in the city so is your business seasonal like is like holiday you know a big time for you and you've got to stock up and do your products expire um, yes and yes. So yeah, the holidays are definitely the busiest time of year. I think I did a third of my business last year was okay. for in November and December. Um, and yeah, so ex- expiration dates, bath bombs, um, are longer on the expiration scale. You could probably hold on to one, to one for two years and you'd be fine. Probably wouldn't be as busy in yeah. the bath, you know, but, uh, my bath and body oils, um, my wet body butters, I usually just like don't hold on to it more than a year. Mm-hmm. So are you able to like, do you have health insurance and you got that covered through your, through your spouse? Yep. Um, how do you get money to go and like buy all your batches of oil? Do you ever worry about like inventory or running out of day to day cash I mean, to I, front your business? I, I pretty much just stay on top of it. So I don't spend more than I have in the bank. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, but that means that I don't pay myself all the time. So, yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I do it. I, I just kind of like, okay, well, but I you can't do buy. pay yourself some of the time, which is interesting, right? Yeah. Um. So, what makes you decide that you're not going to pay yourself all the time? So, I I have a plan for about how much that I think that I'm going to be making for the next three months cycle. Okay. And then from there, I sort of look out and I can estimate how much I'm going to be spending and what I'm running low on in stock. And then I project out, okay, I'm going to need about this much money. And then I know what my big expenses are. Like, so I actually carry business insurance also, like a liability insurance. Sure. So, um, and so the cost for that is one of my biggest costs annually. And then uh, I have a mailbox and the cost for my mailbox is my second big, biggest expense annually. So. Yep. Um, so those two together, I just make sure that I am putting away enough so that I can pay those every year. So for your goals for 2017, besides maybe paying yourself every 90 days, <laughs> yeah. uh, do you have goals? And 
Yeah, I mean, my goals are to to be in more wholesale stores. Okay. Um, so that's definitely one. So so if anyone hears this and yeah, wants to and get and Laura's products, we'll get you connected. Yeah, exactly. So so my goal at the beginning of the year was ten wholesale accounts, and I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna go beyond that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'll take as many wholesale accounts as I can manage, and then um, and, and then I just really want to learn how to drive more traffic to my site. So that's the the focus, really, that I'm trying to... Are you taking classes and, like, search engine optimization or using your social to do that? Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely using a lot of social media. And then um, there is a, twin, a local Twin Cities business owner, um, May Pack, who does Creative Hive Co. And so I'm taking a course through her on... And she does more than just SEO, but um, other... Other tutorials, basically, on how to find your ideal customer and bring them to your site. Cool. So, yeah. So, that's been super informative, and I love. And that woman's name is May Pack? Yep, May Pack. Okay. Yep. I'm going to have to look her up, too. Yep, that sounds pretty she's interesting. Great. Yeah. And she, do, she does, like, a handmade jewelry line, mm-hmm. um, like a foodie jewelry line. Really cute. Oh, I think I've seen it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is it the, like, leather bracelets with the pigs on them and... Um, like little clay, like little foods, like so. Yeah, I think I've seen them. Yep. Um, so when you are going to give advice to somebody else that maybe is listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I have this product. I want to do it. Like what advice would you give someone that's starting up and how long have you been doing it? Uh, I've been doing it full time now for about just a little over a year and a half. Okay. So So you're still pretty. Yeah. So I'm green. Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of times I feel like I'm not really sure if I'm in a position to give advice. Um, Why? So, uh, you did it. That's half the battle is taking the leap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm Since I'm learning still every day, I'm, I'm still in this learning mode. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes I, yeah, I'm like, well, I'm definitely not a pro. I don't know. <laughs> you Do know? you suffer so, from like self-doubt sometimes where you're just like, oh my God, I don't even know how I can be doing this? Yes. All the time. Yeah. Have you heard of something called the imposter syndrome? Yes, I have. Yes. I'm actually giving a speech on it uh, at the end of this week. And if it's good, I may market it myself because so many women, and I did this too in my business, like you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. They're going to find out that I'm doing this and they're going to be like, who are you to be doing this? It's, And then at the same time to be successful, you have to like have this total egomania that takes over where like, I can do this. I am just going to do this and nobody's <laughs> going to stop me. And it's very manic, those two states. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I, I I mean, when you reached out to me, I, I thought, I am really not the person. <laughs> I am not an authority on small business stuff, you know. But yeah, no, I mean, um, I, I, if I was going to give advice to somebody, I would say, you know, try and put as much of yourself into what you're making as you can. Like, and, and be, have it be your authentic self. And great advice for lots of people in lots of products. Because that's really what makes you stand out, right? Yeah, exactly. Is your love of it and just being your authentic delivery of, you know, when I do these podcasts, you know, anyone can talk to anyone. But I really want to hear, like, what kept you up at night and how you grew the business and what's important to you. Can you think of your um, worst day? Um, I have had many really stressful days, um, but I don't have one that stands out as, like, the worst. What stresses day. you out? Um, 
that sometimes like I'm afraid that I will make a batch of something like like maybe soap. Yep. And everything will go wrong. And so the fear that everything might go wrong, I'm like, well, I'll just make it tomorrow, <laughs> you know. And then, and then it gets to the point where it's like, oh, I, I don't have any more tomorrows. I really need to get it made or I'm not going to have it ready in time for the holidays or whatever it is. So you use that sort of fear, it sounds like, to almost propel you into action. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing that on lots of things, too. When you start like a new thing in particular, like, oh, well, I know this is due Friday and it's Wednesday, but... I'm sure I'll have more time. And then all of a sudden you get to Thursday and you're just like, oh, my God, I've got to get this done. <laughs> yes, and it, exactly. it's almost like forces you to just buckle down. Yep, exactly. I think that's a kind of when you're working freelance or you're working from home, you're always playing those games in your head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you're always working, but it's there's so many different tasks that require your attention in your business. Yes. That actually making the product or buckling down and producing the deliverable goods can sometimes be the last thing that you do. Yeah. I mean, I'm still rethinking so many things that I thought that I was already settled on. So I'm rethinking some packaging options. I'm rethinking if I want to – I currently print all of my own labels. So I I really am thinking, okay, I'd like to – get hooked up with a printer so I can not have to print all these yep. labels on the fly anymore. So on one hand, it's given me a lot of flexibility as I've started off. And and so I can say, oh, I just want to do a small batch of this flavor of scrub yep. and see how it goes. But then it, if it get in, gets into crunch time, like at the end of the year, November, December, I just thought I'm never going to be able to keep up with making all of the products, making all the labels, labeling them all, um, you know, it was just, it was one thing where I thought if I can save myself anywhere, I really want to cut out making labels because yeah. it's it's such a pain. And then I had issues where the original um, printer that I had wouldn't make waterproof labels. Yep. And so people had scrubs and the scrubs were bleeding in the shower. I'm like, well, that's not good. Right. You know, so then I bought a brand new printer and so that's working better on one front, but then it doesn't work for all different paper so uh continual involvement yeah exactly it's it's always i'm always learning and tweaking like what my process is and it's really funny how different my day-to-day is in making products that is right now than it was even at the beginning of 2021 yeah and it gets it's different work yeah and yep. it's different work and you balance your day better or differently i guess um, it's really been fun to talk to you. It's Laura Ochoco from The Bath Bird. Is there a national company that you admire that you're just like, oh, my God, someday maybe I'll try to get them to buy me? Um, you know, I, I don't really think about that. Um, Burt's Bees is is certainly a company that I've admired. Sure. Um, but... I, I haven't really thought, oh, I, I think that they'd really like to buy my, yeah. my recipe for this. You know, um, there's a lot of ways to admire co- different companies. Yep. So, I mean, I there's companies that I admire, like I really admire Ben & Jerry's for their ethics. You sure. Know? And, um, and I, I admire other companies like that are really women-centered. And, yep. Um, so I'd like my, my company to be, to have those values. 
Um, and so if I ever sold it, it, it would hopefully be to a company that, that had similar values. Yeah, exactly. And that you think about your company in terms of having a value proposition or a value statement really says a lot about your company right there. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. you are aligned with those values. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, thanks. All right, Laura. Well, it's been great to talk to you. Thanks it's the so Bath much. Bird. You're welcome. Uh, the grapefruit uh, sugar scrub is the one that I'm crazy about that's in my shower right now. Um, but there are lots of great products, and you can find them at thebathbird.com. And thanks for being our guest today. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Stay tuned for 60-second AP News headlines.